James Capella interconnects millions of assured data points across Jane's foundational intelligence with the ability to integrate and contextualize multiple sources, delivering the single source of truth. James Capella increases certainty and accelerates decision-making for everyone in your organization. Find out more at james.com forward slash capella. Hello, Sean. Thanks for joining me. Harry Kemsley. I'm the president of the government and national security sector of Jane's. Thanks for joining. Sean, a few words about yourself. Good afternoon, Harry. Great to be here again. Yeah, so Sean Corbett, uh, ex-Royal Air Force, senior Royal Air Force intelligence officer and co-chair of the strategic advisory group for Jane's. Thank you, Sean. So on this podcast, Sean, I thought we would focus in on a development that's actually occurred within James that we're now starting to talk to a lot of our customers about, which I think is irrelevant to anybody in the intelligence business, whether that's in national security or indeed elsewhere. And that is the ability to interconnect various elements of intelligence, but also possibly to uh, integrate various types of intelligence uh, known as James Capella. Now, before I go much on about Jane's and Jane's Capella, which we can do perhaps later in this podcast, I just want to spend a few few moments from your perspective, Sean, about the, the need for an ability to interconnect and integrate intelligence. You and I have both been involved in intelligence to know that there is never a shortage of sources. Some of them are useful, some of them less useful. There are always questions to be answered, and we seek to give the best answer available with time to the questions we get asked. But the ability to interconnect and integrate intelligence, why is that so important? What's all that about? Yeah, very good question, Harry. And, and first, I do have to congratulate the whole whole company on its uh, Capella initiative because all, all intelligence should be interconnected, but it isn't. So we're going absolutely in the right direction here. And, and without turning this into yet another staff, staff college discussion, you know, it goes back to the heart of what intelligence is. Uh, which which means different things to beat different people. But, it, you know, it really does matter and it really is important. So for me, and there will be an infinite number of definitions, if you like, it's all about the assessing, analysis and assimilation of every available piece of information to try and answer a specific question and, uh, uh, or problem set. So it's getting all that together in a particular direction. And that information, again, by definition, otherwise it would be just information, is going to be incomplete. It's going to be potentially from a variety of sources and in a variety of formats. Now, in the past, you have heard people talking about all source intelligence. I don't think in my entire career I saw a single piece of all source intelligence uh, analysis. I definitely saw multi-source intelligence analysis. But we need to get to the place now where we are literally using every available source. And and that's the sort of thing that Capella does. So if we're trying to get to the multi-intelligence, multi-source intelligence that you talked about, um, I recall sitting in front of multiple screens, many of which had different source intelligence on it. But I don't remember a time when those different intelligences were connected in a way that made it easy for me to assimilate or the analysts I was working with to assimilate quickly. And it relied a great deal on the grey matter between the ears of the analysts to a remember what they'd just read and then recognise the relevance of what they'd just read to potentially other things they'd read elsewhere and thereby get to a place where they gave a more complete and accurate answer than they might otherwise do. And for me, from what you've said, that is the point of interconnecting intelligence and doing it in an intelligible way so that the viewer, the analyst, can actually understand the relevance of this now more complete and interconnected intelligence 
and use it more accurately than they otherwise would. Is, is that a fair summary, Sean? Yeah, it is. There are two very distinct themes to this. There are making sure that you're able to assimilate, as I said before, and use all available sources. And if you think just in the open source domain, you know, there are something like 5 billion people online, 4 billion social media users, and they're creating some ridiculous amount of 1200 petabytes of information at any one time. There is not a human being on the planet that could assimilate that, even if they could actually bring them in together into one, one place. And of course, you know, open source intelligence is not just about going online and seeing what people are saying. It can be a variety of sources, well, multiple sources, you know, everything from, you know, written briefings, academia, economic statistics, you name it. And you've got to be able to take all those in. And that's putting to one side the conscious and unconscious bias of the analyst, which does exist, which we might come back to. Um, so so it's the it's the completeness of the data, but it's also the efficiency in bringing it together. You know, I have been that analyst where I've had probably eight spreadsheets open and, you know, a couple of windows there with other stuff that I'm trying to get the relevant bit in one place by literally cutting and pasting and uh, going to here. There's a paper I read earlier and just being able to do that, you know, even the best and most efficient analyst in the world who's better at you know, IT management than I am will struggle. So A, they'll miss stuff and B, you know, it, it's a truism. I know it's a mantra, but it's a truism that your analyst spends 80% of their time managing and playing with data and 20% or even less in many occasions, actually writing the, the analysis, the assessment, the so what. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the least well understood parts of the open source environment. It is recognized that the volume, variety and the veracity of open sources are all challenges that we have to overcome. But the flip side of that is it's a fantastic resource if you know how to deal with the volume, the variety and the veracity issues. If you can really get underneath the covers of open source, you can see it for the potential that it really represents. But doing that well is the challenge. And I think that's one of the things that I've been most pleased about in my time at Jane's is watching a tradecraft, which is known as triple lock. We can talk about what that means later on, um, implemented consistently well over a period of time, but now being amplified and enhanced by using technology that's now at last starting to produce the kind of results that it had often promised and failed to deliver. Um, I know that from my own experience of open source, it's full of all the pitfalls you'd expect it to, in terms of accuracy, but the potential that's within it, if you can overcome some of those inaccuracies and you do the right thing in terms of tradecraft, can make it a fantastic resource. That's another vitally important point. Yeah. You know, everybody in the past has sort of thought of open source intelligence as, as the secondary. But if you think about it, you know, it has less potentially less uh, speed bumps, less hurdles in the way than the classified stuff. You don't have the cultures of all the different collection agencies who, you know, knowledge is power and, and who, for very good reasons, uh, protect their protect their data, protect their information. The the IT systems that, that are designed designed to prevent those uh, diff, disparate sources of information from getting together. Open source does quite the opposite. It, it facilitates bringing together. It doesn't have those so pipes, those policy um, challenges that we all know about. And it really does facilitate bringing it all together. So, and you've heard me say this before, and I apologize for 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 boring everybody, but you know it, 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 whereas eighty to ninety percent of all 
intelligence products are based on classified intelligence with maybe a sprinkling of stuff that's missing. We're now seeing that starting to flip and it won't be that long before the open source is 80% and the classified stuff is is validation and, and in the very sensitive areas. Yeah, I do like the um, the idea that the open source reveals the emerging threat probably before the exquisite nature of some intelligence capabilities even starts to look for that problem. Um, I do remember from the horrors of the Boston Marathon um, in this, a story being told about where the understanding of what happened was in the immediate seconds after the event and the horrors that fell upon them and then in the minutes and hours after it where was the knowledge where was the understanding and of course the images of all the mobile phones raised in the air taking photographs in the seconds after the uh, the blast tells you where the knowledge was at that moment it wasn't in the secure environment it wasn't in the classified environment it was in and amongst the social media platforms various that were now being pumped full of imagery as horrors horrible as it would have been to explain what had just happened or not explained to describe to show what had just happened and i have another really good example of that uh, the the invasion for want of a better phrase of a phrase of isil into mosul i was the UK, united kingdom's j2 at the time um obviously feeding the feeding the operational commanders and while we knew something was going on of course we didn't know exactly what was going on the first time i had any inkling that they had actually invaded, invaded Mosul and were there to stay was when when a, a, a dear friend academic of mine phoned me up and said, Sean, are you seeing what's happening in Mosul? And I said, well, we're, we're kind of monitoring. He says, no, 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 they're in Mosul and they're here to stay. And I said, you know, with all due respect, how do you know? And he said, because I'm there. Now, that was directly and it was probably 12 hours plus before we had to do all the collection, the validation, et cetera, et cetera, that actually confirmed that from intelligence sources. Right. And that's one of the areas that I've seen um, with the discussions around Jane's Capella, um, the ability to interconnect and then integrate intelligence becoming quite powerful. So a couple of examples we've seen in recent times of a customer who's looking at open source unverified data. This is not something they can say is assured. It's not necessarily, quote, the ground truth they want. But the ability to then take those reports and interconnect them with Jane's content to enrich them does two things. One, it gives a more complete answer than they would have had otherwise from the snippet of information of an event. But it also, to some extent anyway, helps with the immediate verification or otherwise of it. If it's saying that a particular weapon system is, a, is being seen in a location, that, that it's been seen there before, as shown by a James Capella Orbat reference, for example, would give it more veracity than, than less. So that ability to enrich and verify is one of those things that I've seen quite frequently being used now around the James content, and particularly with Capella and its ability to integrate and interconnect. So why now? What, what in your opinion, Sean, you've seen a bit about James Capella, you've seen a bit about the technology that's in it, what is it that you think that makes it so relevant to now? What's what's going on today in the contemporary environments that we're both familiar with that makes this so important at the moment? I think just looking at the sheer breadth and depth of threats that, that are faced now, many of which are not traditional, but you've got, I mean, you've got everything that's coming in together. And it's probably the most complex time since the Second World War. So you've got the rise of Great power competition again. I mean, China, that's nothing new, but they're actually getting to a stage now where we really need to pay attention. 
You've got a resurgent Russia that wants to play its part on the global stage again. You've got the whole, uh, and we've spoken about this before, the whole implications of COVID. I was just reading something the other day about, you know, the ungoverned spaces in Northwest Africa really fermenting that area that that, that now could bring, you know, the violent extremists um, and, and they always thrive on those ungoverned spaces while we're, particularly while we're distracted. There's not the economy necessarily to be able to look at that, you know, but the economy is really important. And, and one thing that's really important to state, I think, about connecting it all up is that it's not just about defence and the military or, or even security. It's about the entire whole of government approaches, which ours and many governments are trying to do. So you've got to bring together, you know, the defence side, the diplomacy, the economic. And, and really what we're talking about with Capella is taking all that, disparate data into one place where you can actually say where the so what is. So it doesn't really matter what that data is or what the problem set is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's doing that process. What I would add to that is that, you know, the reason that, that now is so good for James is that the provenance uh, and the richness of the data that you already have, that has been, you know, verified and all the rest of it, is that foundational level intelligence, which to be fair, you know, the, the intelligence community has struggled to keep up with because it's been looking at, you know, all, all the emerging crisis. Yeah. So and it's true what they say, you know, garbage in, garbage out. But the fact that you've got that foundational data there, it's bringing it together with some of the new stuff and some of the sort of alerts to come up with that. So what? Yeah, and I think there's um, there's another side to that, which I've certainly been very close to inside James for the last period of years. We have been inundated with, as I'm sure many of the listeners to this podcast will have been inundated with the promises of technology, such as machine learning algorithms driving artificial intelligence, for example, uh, NLP and all these other amazing technologies that they would answer all our prayers. They would be the panacea to everything we've ever wanted to do. However, and I think the number got above 50 different companies, all specialist AI defense related companies who presented to Jane's um, the panacea of all our concerns. And actually, what we found is that the technology, as powerful as it is, takes an inordinate amount of time to be trained to become useful. And it was only when we began to realize what we had done in defining and connecting all the dots within the Jane's existing content that we began to realize the power of having a stable and standardized data model such as Jane has to actually train these algorithms and so that we in in the end decided to do it for ourselves. That ability to amplify what Jane's has done and thereby amplify the tradecraft of the analyst is probably for me one of the greatest things that Jane's has achieved in recent times. It's defined the future of Jane's because we are able to do things that eventually many AI technologies would be able to do, but they wouldn't have the head start, the very significant decades of head start that James has got, but equally they wouldn't have the provenance. And many of our customers have found that on inspection of Capella, even where they have their own ability to do some of the things that James has done for itself, to use a quote that a customer used in recent times, they're doing the work that James has done. They're trying to classify various types of intelligence, equipment intelligence. They're trying to understand the systems, the subsystems. They're trying to give definitions to those things. They can reliably detect them in text and other media. But they're running into all the headwinds that James overcame some years ago. And then on inspection of what it is that James has achieved, the phrase, if we use James, we'll be standing on the shoulders of giants, meaning James has already cracked a lot of that code. We can move that customer forward. 
and we're doing so regularly now with some of these customers around James Capella. In essence, what I'm coming to is having the data, using the data, and all the work we've done on that data to really understand it in a data model way has enabled us to really, really powerfully use the technology. And it's that synergy, the data, the depth, the breadth of James, the provenance of James data with the technology that's making James Capella so exciting for James and why it is the next generation of James. I and mean, we've been around 123 years. I think this capability, James Capella, is the definition of why we'll be around for a good number of years yet because we have the data as well as the understanding of that data, we also now have the technology and how to use all three. For me, that's been the pivot point of the last few years and the success James has brought to it. So for me, Sean, in short, the reason I'm so excited about James Capella is the fact that we've managed to crack the code, not just on having the data, making it assured data, but then knowing how to use that yeah. to train the technology to then support with feedback, positive feedback, the analyst. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reiterate that, you know, and I, I made me smile what you're saying about AI. You know, AI is not a means to an end. And so I know most companies, for, for good reasons, but not all good reasons, you know, if you don't have artificial intelligence on it, then clearly you're not on this on, on the right um, sheet. But you, you've got to apply the artificial intelligence to something. So it's two elements of it. You've got to have the data and it's got to be good and it's got to be able to be you know, interrogated, if you like, and algorithms wrought against it. So the algorithms have to be good. And I think, you know, you, I think you're very lucky with some of the uh, very, very good developers, uh, coders, et cetera, that you've got. But, you know, it's only as good as the data. And, and that's really where, where I come in, because at the end of the day, we're trying to make, you know, really high quality, high confidence, uh, high veracity analysis, or, or at least enable them, that you can only do with that data delivered in a certain way. Yeah. So when anybody listening to this is curious about um, Capella, there are probably two or three things that we want them to leave this conversation understanding. But by the way, if any of them want to see more about it, then go to james.com. We'll try and put a link on the podcast for you to take um, an easy route to that. Go to james.com, follow the Capella route, and you'll find plenty of examples there of how Capella is helping other customers and what it is able to do. But I'll give my answer after yours. I'll let you go first, Sean. What are the two things, two or three things you'd want anybody to know about James Capella, what we've done with Connected Intelligence that uh, you'd like to leave them with as they leave this podcast? So first, I'd say it, it's not a product in itself. It's a way of doing business that allows the analysts to be much more efficient and to make sure that they are they have all the data available to them and it's, it's presented in a way that you can do that. So what? So... For those analysts out there, don't think that this is replacing the analyst. It's actually enabling you. And, and that really is, is, is probably three points in, in, in one there, actually. Uh, and the other thing I'd say is, is in terms of you know, maintaining relevance, the focus still has to be on the, the quality, the assurance of that data that James does so well and add to it. And, and one of the, and I know you're going to come on and talk to that as well. And one of the really advantages about Capella is it just, it doesn't just use Jane's data. It can use any data, which is probably, you know, the real headline banner that makes this different from everything else. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I distinctly remember watching some analysts trying to fill out um, a, an intelligence analysis, uh, a scope for Mesia, an acronym that basically talks about a series of things they want to find out about a place before they go there. And they spent a lot of time trying to fill it. And then they went to the James um, data products and they managed to find 
all the answers they needed to fill all the, all the fields in this uh, this table they had created in the ASCOPE policy analysis they were doing. Um, what Capella is doing is giving you access to that content even more quickly, an even more complete answer than before, thereby allowing analysts to spend a lot more time doing the value add. That's the first point for me. It's even faster route to value add analysis time than you had before. The second for me is the point you just made about the ability to interconnect and integrate third party content, your own content, as well as the James content. But even if you don't need more time, even if you're working in a non time sensitive environment and you are not pressed for time at all, you got all the analyst time you need and you seldom need open source information because you have everything you need for your analysis in your specialist area. You're a signals intelligence analyst and you only ever look at signals intelligence. The thing that Capella is doing for many people, even in that environment, is it's opening their eyes to things that they just hadn't realized they didn't know. It's giving them access to things, making things visible to them in a way that they just hadn't realized they didn't know that. The unknown unknown to kind of uh, an overused phrase or even the unknown known. The fact that in my information system there is an answer to a question that I haven't even bothered to ask, didn't know to ask or that I'm asking and I didn't know had been asked before and answered. That is what machines do better than humans because we don't have an infinite capacity of memory. We certainly don't have an infinite capacity for recall. And what James Capella is doing is now enabling access to that, that knowledge pool, that knowledge base. Call it what you like. It's about giving you access in a meaningful way. And as you say, it's not a tool set. It's not a it's not a platform. It's not software per se, as in a, you know, a product. It's a capability. And if I left the audience with anything from this conversation, um, interconnecting intelligence is what we've been wanting to be able to do for a long time. Integrating intelligence into a single understood picture, something that we've aspired to do and thrown a lot of money, time and effort at for many years and not achieved it. Capella has taken a huge leap forward in both those fronts. But for me, the most important thing that Capella has done amongst all the things I've already talked about is that ability to see what I didn't know that we knew or indeed to give me a reason to ask a question I hadn't even thought to ask because I didn't think about the problem in the way that Capella has now revealed to me by giving me insight to things that I otherwise wouldn't have spotted. So I'm conscious that time will evaporate on this very, very shortly. Sean, thank you for your time uh, on this um, podcast. I think when we come back to this conversation next time, we'll bring a couple of other people into the podcast and we'll start exploring this, this world of intelligence that's interconnected and integrated around some use cases because I think there's a danger here that this conversation can become quite theoretical and quite um, clinical without being necessarily very real. So I'll bring some people in I think on the future podcasts to uh, try to bring this stuff to, re to, uh, to life for them to see what they can see with Capella and understand how it's used. That, that sounds really good actually because uh, as you say we could get too theoretical here and it'd be nice to dive into some real live issues. Uh, and I guess, you know, if anybody out there wants us to cover anything, give us a challenge. As long as it's not too obscure, I think we're pretty up to speed on a lot of things going in the world. Uh, and of course, as you said, we've got, you know, we've got uh, lots of contacts there in the various different regions. So that'd be quite a good thing to do. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. Well, Sean, thank you again for your time. Um, next time it won't be just two of us, there'll be three of us at least. I'll make sure we get a, a second guest and we can both ask them a different question to see what they come up with. Sean, thanks for your time. Thank you. 
James Capella interconnects millions of assured data points across Jane's foundational intelligence with the ability to integrate and contextualize multiple sources, delivering the single source of truth. James Capella increases certainty and accelerates decision-making for everyone in your organization. Find out more at james.com forward slash capella.